0: football or soccer, whatever you call it. I am with the full team today. We have Leo, Leo, how are you?
1: I am good, just got off work. So still learning how to not say, how's your day going? Have a good one to like every single interaction. Um, anyway,
0: I totally get it. Um, and then Molina, how are you? I'm
2: back, so I'm good. <laughs> nice to see you guys and ready to talk about football or soccer whatever you call it
0: nice yeah so why don't we start with the thorns because obviously we had a few games i i think the biggest thing we want to talk about obviously is just kind of the the score lines it's obviously three three identical score lines for the last two games but what are like the key takeaways you taken away from the past two games y'all um Is it the defense? Is it the XG? Is it just uh, weird, you know, like, what have you seen that we, are you worried, like, where's your mindset as, you know, uh, especially when you're covering the team?
1: Alina, do you want
0: to start?
2: Yeah, I think, well, we know the Challenge Cup started, so maybe that uh, might have been playing a part here and on why uh, the Thorns are maybe not... Performing as they were before Challenge Cup, I think mm-hmm. that plays a part. And I'm very curious. I I didn't have uh, much time to like rewatch the game uh, mm-hmm. against the Courage, but we've seen the Courage that even though they started not very well, they are uh, they are picking the pace, especially mm-hmm. with Caroline. Um, I have a friend who watches a lot the the Spanish league, and he told me that. Um, like players in the NWS are having a hard time uh, marking her, but back in Spain, they figured it out. So it will be nice yeah. to see some some old games, to see yeah. how Spanish teams cover her. Uh, but I think she was fantastic. And even though the Thorns uh, did well uh, in some parts defensively, uh, they still uh, work to do. And of course, Becky Sauer, absence, um, and Emily Menges coming back from a long injury. Uh well, that might be playing a part here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I think Crystal Dunn said after um the last game, just like there are going to be growing pains at this point in the season. And I think like Melina was saying, like run being out and Mengus just now coming back in. Um, I think especially I was re-watching specifically the goals yesterday. Mm. And I think specifically on the third goal they let in there, that was just like clearly there was some sort of like defensive miscommunication because there's a fun little diagram in my takeaways which has not yet been published um but basically like there was a a moment where mengus gets beat and then hubly steps to the ball Mm -hmm. but they're there are basically Cuica and Hubbley are marking two North Carolina players. And ideally when you're defending, you want like a numbers up advantage, which like wasn't really happening. And you have Mm -hmm. some like center mids at the top of the box who are kind of just like watching the play until Mangus gets beat. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think just like, honestly, just like figuring out some more of that, having more coverage and like also an awareness of who is going to do what because there was that moment when Mengus got beat and then Hubley steps and then her mark is just open, which was Victoria Pickett, who scored the goal. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, I think just like figuring out communication, I don't know if, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that I was noticing. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like the, the Angel City at home game and the North Carolina game were played a little little differently. Um, So, like, let's start with the Angel City game because, obviously, I think we started off on a really bad note. Alyssa Thompson, we know Alyssa Thompson's going to bring it. Like, when we, Leo, you and I spoke about it, we knew she was going to bring the counter. She's going to, you know, just run it down probably our right side like we were talking about, Uh, and that's exactly what she did. Uh, She ran it down. Picked a really good angle and she scored almost an identical goal Uh, this week. A lot better, you know, this week because of these really short angle. Um, But Melina, what what's your thoughts on Alyssa Thompson? Was she the most dangerous player out on the pitch uh, against us uh, in that game? Yeah, it might be. It was weird because,
2: you know, Angel City is having a hard time getting results. And so, what, like you said, XG and stuff like that. I mean, you can have metrics, but yeah. um, the, the, the game is a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. And but Alisa Thompson, I think at first it was some sort of mistakes the, from the teams trying to co- cover her or marking mm-hmm. her. But no, um, like, of course, she is good. She reminds me a little bit of Sophia Smith mm-hmm. when she was a certain. And yeah, she—I mean, Angel City pushed uh, a lot for her, and, and for good reason. Yeah. Then um, I think also the Thorns had been uh, having some bad luck because, for example, yeah. uh, against Angel City we have the Natalia Kukas on goal, and then against uh, the Courage we have Emily Mangus scoring no goal, so that isn't in, in the picture, and that plays a part too. And then there was a lot of debate about if um, Juilliard's, um and like committed a foul on umbrella yeah. and some might say she did. some might say she didn't. so I don't know. um for me, it was a weird play, but I don't know. sometimes I also think that uh, goalkeepers are very protected like you cannot touch them at all. and um I don't agree very much with that. um I know they have to be protected, but I don't think they are they are not untouchable. so, um, that was uh, That is open to debate, of course. And then I think everybody lost their minds with Bella's goal. So I think that's the, the thing I remember the most from that game.
0: Yeah. And then, Leo, would you... Obviously, Portland gave up a few set-piece goals in that game. Um, yeah. What did you kind of notice on those two set-piece goals? Because I feel like Melina brought up a good point. The second one was really interesting, um, just because I feel like if you asked Bella, you asked Mike Norris... About that goal, they would say it was a foul, because um, mm-hmm. you know Bella said she was obstructed getting the ball, um, and then. But honestly, I do, I haven't really seen Portland defend terribly with, on set pieces for a while. So, what were your thoughts on just that game? You know those that game, especially those I mean, sequences.
1: I mean, that was something you and I talked about before the game, right? Was that Angel City has a really strong aerial presence on set pieces, and Julie Ertz mm-hmm. and the Thorns doesn't necessarily like no one on the thorns necessarily brings that except like maybe Izzy who hasn't played as much um versus you know Julie Ertz is going to be in the game. Yeah. Um and I think that's kind of what we saw. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because I feel like the def both like the back line had like little moments where we're just like, you know, what was that? You know, like Julie Ertz just kind of ran across the top of the six and then she just found a free header and it's really hard to mark her you know especially when you're not really like because portland was kind of in a zone marking period Molina, i feel like and i don't think this team is really meant to be a zone marker i think they're really good at
1: <laughs> very know, few teams are meant to be zone yeah. marking
0: teams. yeah agreed um but it was just an interesting game because i feel like we were we were up two it, one it felt like we were in control we didn't put it away uh and then they just kind of they scored two goals non-stop off those set pieces and then we ended up with a 3-3 draw thanks to bella um but and then let's talk about north carolina then we can talk about just kind of the the takeaways from the back line and everything but uh north carolina we were down three times you know three times in the same game we never we never led it was it was honestly like i can tell Um, like watching that game was really difficult for me just because I'm like, okay, well, we're on the front foot, you know, like we have more of the ball, but then Caroline would just scream down there like multiple times a game. And you know, like it's, it's, it sucks, you know, like just watching some of, some of the sequences where we're like, oh, you know, like even Mike said it after the game, he's like, oh, we, we got to do better in certain spots. And when he looked, we looked at the game today, I was talking to him on the presser today and he said. There was some individual um, errors, um, so that's kind of big to, to just to hear. And he also said they need to stop losing the ball in their own half uh, as much as yeah, like trying to go hold possession, play from the back, things like that. So that's something I noticed. But Molina, what were your thoughts on North Carolina's game? Because I feel like Portland was slightly more in control uh, in the Angel City game, but I felt like North Carolina was – we played pretty much on North Carolina's terms for the most part, in my opinion. But what were your thoughts on that match? Yeah, I agree
2: with you, and I also think that North Carolina has brought uh, problems to Portland uh, last season, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were the only team that could score three goals on them last year, and, you know, I think that even though most of the the stars of that team left, the mentality stayed, and we could see uh, a depleted North Carolina and everybody – thought that they were going to suck this season and they're not. I mean, I remember many told me that um, Carolyn um, went to that team because of the Bina and all the other uh, stars that were there and everybody left and Carolyn was there uh, left alone. Yeah. But as uh, we can see, she doesn't need much or many like gifted players to, to do uh, wonders, to be honest. And so I um, I always enjoy these kind of games, Portland against North Carolina. I used to enjoy this big rivalry that there was between them some years ago, and I really miss that. And and I think there was a lot of, um, uh, like, they always put the highlights on on the Cascadia rivalry, and I understand that. But since I don't live in Portland, and I really uh, love these this kind of games against North Carolina, sometimes more than the the games against Seattle. So um, I'm sorry about that, but (laughs) that's the truth.
0: (laughs) Well, no worries about that. Uh, Leo, what what were your thoughts on that game, Uh, especially coming out of it? Like, how do you feel? Um, I think
1: what you said earlier of, I think, North Carolina kind of made the Thorns play on North Carolina's terms Mm -hmm. um, was my big takeaway. I think we when we really saw the Thorns getting to play on their terms was that second goal, which was just like a really, really good passing sequence, yeah. um, which we know the Thorns are capable of doing consistently because I think they did that really consistently, especially in their first couple games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it kind of sucked to see them like not be able to do that as much. Um, and I think that's something they've struggled with in these past couple games. Um, and I think that's one of my like bigger questions about the team right now yeah um but i think yeah it was north carolina did a really good job of pressuring the thorns in midfield and not giving them a ton of space on the ball Mm -hmm. um and that worked really well for them um and obviously caroline was just like going off that second goal was just like like yeah coffee dives in a little bit early um, which wasn't great. And then once uh, Caroline beats her, there's like no one stepping to the ball, which is also not great on the Thorns f. But that's just like yeah. Caroline doing Caroline things. And it's just like kind of cool to watch even from a Thorns perspective. Um, yeah.
0: Well, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I think there's two questions I want to ask you all. Um, so obviously let's talk about the back line. Like I think with mengus kind of uh, filling in for Becky Sabran, just your thoughts on that for the past few games uh would you like to see Nally there maybe uh and then the other question would be your thoughts on the midfield balance that we have right now because obviously I feel like this midfield has not played as well as the Rocky Hina and um Sam Coffey midfield from last year because it was really smooth everyone played both both ways uh everyone you know played defense tracked back a lot and feel like I think Melina and I were talking about this this morning in like, uh, like a separate chat or something, Leo, where we're just like, is Sam Coffey defending way more than she she is? I'm looking at some of these maps from previous games and when she has time to like actually pick out passes and stuff, she's been really dominant. But when she's having to defend to cover for uh, her teammates, it's very ugly. Like the last two games, I feel like it's been um, really, really heightened a little bit. So Melina, what, what are your thoughts on those two questions? Backline, especially uh, Mangus's performance lately, would you like to see Nally? And then midfield uh, performance so far, obviously, like in my opinion, I don't think they're, they've reached even close to the 22, 22 levels yet. Um, so, yeah, what were your thoughts on that?
2: Well, about Mangus, she has been like my favorite Thorn uh, all these years, and she didn't have a good game. Uh, it's hard to see her like not performing very well because she's always uh, has been like a, a rock in the defense. Yeah. But like we said, she's coming back from an injury and maybe Mark, Mike Norris didn't want to put her like a full 90. But because Becky is out, well, he didn't have a, another choice. I would like to see her some more games starting before trying to put Nelly from from the mm-hmm. get go. But of course, Nelly is a, a good choice. I mean, it's the, the obvious choice uh, there if if Menges uh, cannot do it better. But yeah, I think she had one game in all these years that she didn't do good and we have to give her more time. And about the midfield, yeah, you you were right. I mean, Coffee is covering sometimes more ground. I think Don is helping her a lot. Mm-hmm. But still, for some reason, uh, Mike is not giving Rocky enough minutes to prove what she can do. But I think uh, it's something uh, Rhea did very well last season was to put a, a very solid midfield. And, and, well, we are not seeing this that this year. So, yeah, I think you suggested also putting um, Olivia instead mm-hmm. of Sync to see how that works. Yeah. It will be interesting to see because, well, Olivia is like a wonder kid, but I don't know how well she can do it there in the midfield trying to to help Coffee in that regard. Uh, But it will
0: be interesting to see. Okay. Leo, what are your thoughts on those two questions?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess for me, honestly, I think Olivia, like I think the role I see her playing is if the Thorns are playing a game where they're not going to be pressured in the midfield as much and they or they need a player to like open up space, which is what she did really, really well when she came on against North Carolina, like literally right from when she came in. Um, And so I see if, I guess my biggest criticism of Mike Norris so far is that he doesn't really seem to want to rotate the lineups. Um, And I could see like being like, oh, this is going to be a game where we're going to want a player in the midfield creating that space, working with Crystal Dunn etc. We start Moultrie instead of Sink. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a game where they're really going to come at us in the midfield. Maybe we take Sink out and put Rocky in instead and just have a little bit more of a defensive presence there with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Thorns definitely have the players who are capable of doing that. And it would be it would be pretty cool to see some rotation happen to like help the team succeed in different environments, but coach Norris isn't going to do it then coach Norris isn't going to do it
0: um yeah I'm glad you brought that up because I think that's kind of where I'm at where like let's see different combinations let's see different players in because we saw Olivia start uh against Houston in the first game and that's the next game coming up so that it's a perfect segue um you know I would love to see Olivia start again because I actually thought like I think their xg was pretty good that game Molina I think it was like one point you know um close to two goals um, and that's what we expect from Portland. We expect Portland to have high XGs every game and they we, we should be allowing a low XG every game and it's been happening. Um, the score lines I feel like are still a little unfair uh, to be honest. like I feel like teams don't usually give up an own goal every single game, you know um And the first game we gave up two set piece goals probably won't ever happen again during the season. Um, then we gave up last last week we gave up a bunch of counterattacking stuff. Mengus got beat on two goals. Um, it's – I don't think a lot of this stuff will happen again. You know, like Melina mentioned that Mang- Mangus is still getting her uh, bearings back, um, which is good. Um, but for me, I think, you, I think you've got to consider Nally because she's been pretty stout the whole season. Every time she's been playing, she gave up an own goal. You can't really count that. Leo and I were talking about It's like she, her position was great. She did everything I mean, right. so did
1: Mangus. Mengus also yeah. gave up an own goal. Yeah.
0: But she also got beat on that goal on Wingate's goal. So when Wingate laid it back yeah. to um Pickett. Yeah. Um and I just haven't seen Nelly get beat like that all season. So it's I'm okay with either one starting, but I think if Nelly has another I mean, if uh Mangus has another bad game, you have to make the switch.
1: I think so. I I agree with Melina in that I think it's nice to see Mangus getting minutes. And I think Mike has shown that the way he wants to develop players. Mm-hmm. We've seen this with Reyna, is to give them man's on the field and give them time to work through their stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to some degree, I'm okay with her doing, with like him doing that with Mangus. Um, I also think Nally is probably just like in better form than Mangus yeah. at this point. And so if it's a game, especially like that third goal where just like Menges got beat and then there just wasn't support there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think if the Thorns are going to continue to give Mingus those chances, they also need to be better at supporting her and putting in a more cohesive defensive effort. Um, Because that was, I think that was my bigger concern with that goal. Because you're always going to have individual players messing up from time to time. And then there was just, like, no one there to cover once Mingus got beat there. Um, Yeah. And so I do wonder about starting Nally, especially until, like, Sauerbrunn gets back. Mm -hmm. Um. just so you have a like a little bit more of a consistent presence who is like again hasn't been out for like as long as mengus has Um, but i do think that's not saying that mengus shouldn't get more chances i just think maybe she should get chances in a context where the thorns have like the defensive infrastructure to support her working through stuff
0: i agree um i think the biggest thing you said is the setup has to be proper right like becky can make pretty much any setup work which is great, but. With I think with Menges I think we have to consider. Let's talk about the let's talk about two things real quick before uh, about the Houston game. Obviously they have one of the best front lines. They've really struggled this year, Molina, to put the goal in the uh, put the ball in back the net. They've only scored three goals all season. Um, that's not including the Challenge Cup, by the way. Um, and they've given up five goals, so their back line has been as good as advertised, uh, which is saying a lot because a lot of people thought that was a question mark going into the season. But if if Portland had to start a center back. And a midfielder. Let's say Sinclair gets rotated for this game. Who do you uh, who do you all have? Like is like is Menga starting this game in your opinion? And is uh, if Sinclair doesn't start, would you like to see Olivia uh, again in that and against this game, or would you like to see Rocky? Uh, Molina, go
2: in the midfield. I will leave, uh, give Olivia a chance. She hasn't had many minutes last season, and, and maybe it's time to give her uh, like trust her. Uh, you know, trust more on her uh, mm-hmm. in this regard, and then yeah, I think Menges it will be the. It's uh, what Leah said. Uh, Nali is in a better form, is true, but I still think that Menges can cover like ground faster than Nelly. That's um, I think that's important because, like you said, Houston's forwards are very fast, and we need fast fast defenders too.
1: Yeah controversial take i just had this thought is i'm thinking about like a like nally Mangus center back starting pairing um because something i guess i was thinking about was the way that um hubley and mengus have traditionally functioned is like hubley's the one who like steps up to mm. take balls um and then mengus plays like more of a sweeper role like dropping back further and i guess i'm curious what a nally mengus pairing would look like and i And then I think I could see Nally also dropping back to cover a little bit more, which might be beneficial if we still have like Mangus working her way back into form. Mm. Um, That just came to mind. It's not a super developed thought yet. But throwing that out there, I also don't think that Kelly Hubley has been playing poorly. Um, So I don't know if... I can't actually see Mike Norris making that change, but it's an option.
0: Yeah, I, I think Kelly it's it's interesting because I felt like Kelly's played pretty well uh all year she's been like her position has been pretty good um you know especially with reina she's been playing with so many different right backs this year I honestly when I asked her about it she was like yeah I just you know like we have to just keep clicking making it work and things like that so she's had a really good attitude uh throughout this whole year uh, which really impresses me um so let's talk about predictions for the game um Obviously, this I think this game is a lot harder when people like I know people are gonna look at like just the goal differential and things like that, and just think Portland's gonna walk through it. For me, just the way the defense is playing right now, uh, it scares me. um unless they make a change in the midfield. I think they do need more balance. If Rocky's starting, I, I would feel a lot safer. If Olivia's starting, I would feel a little safer for this particular game. um, just because I think that's why the, you know, they had so many good chances in the first time um so for me i have it at this is really bad to say i have it at 2-2 um i had it as a win for most of the time but the more i look at houston they're gonna break out offensively eventually and i don't see why it couldn't be against us unfortunately um so that's where i'm at melina go ahead sorry (laughs) i know that's a weird take this is the first time i didn't predict them to win all season i think so I was going to say two two,
2: but um, I'm yeah. going to say two one for Portland because they already have two draws and I don't want to see another one.
1: That's a I good don't either, reason. Yeah, that's a good reason to predict something. Um, I'm gonna go one zero Portland, but I think it's gonna be oh. weird. Um, yeah, just because I I do think Portland is generally more successful in Houston than Houston is than they are against. Houston in Portland. Um yeah. and that was a one-one draw. Um but I we also
0: won. Yeah, I think I we think, won four zero last year. Yeah. What? We won yeah. 4-0 at Houston last year. So I think you you might be onto something. Yeah. Uh I
1: I feel like historically Houston games in Houston look like the Thorns being very chaotic, but also scoring a lot of goals. Um, but I still feel hesitant to be like, yeah, they're gonna score like four goals. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put it at one zero and that might be totally off.
0: Yeah, I could, like, it's so funny because I feel like Portland could easily win, like, 3-0. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise anybody. But just, like, if Mangus is back to, like, somewhat normal, this game is a shutout to me. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. Um, but let's transition over to Timbers real quick, Melina. Uh, I know you and I have been covering the Timbers for RCR uh, throughout the year. And honestly, I feel like we're owed two extra points. Yeah. Um, Portland should be like, here's the thing. I really love the performance at St. Louis. St. Louis is not a, I, I think St. Louis is overhyped, Melina, to be honest with you. I did a lot of research into that game before it even started and they got, Oh, I think about a third or close to half their goals were off. Like give really terrible giveaways. And they just kind of like, you know, like a goalkeeper passing it straight to the board instead of their own defender. Um, there's been a lot of those moments where they just stole a goal and they shouldn't have. Um, if you look at their XG, their XGs have been not very good. Um, they haven't really created that many chances. They don't know how to dominate and play on the front foot. So I actually predicted Portland was going to win that game 2-1. Um, I was very happy with that prediction. It came true. Um, but Portland played probably its cleanest game. And then we can talk to we can talk about the second game, which was a big disappointment at home against Austin. But in general, I do feel like Portland's playing their best football, finally. Um because watching the Timbers in the first quarter of the season, I think Leo reading our edits, doing our edits has probably seen just how negative we, you know, and just truthful we were. But now they've they've been playing on the front foot pretty decent. I've been pretty happy about that. But I feel like something's still missing. Like they don't, they still don't have that that nine who can just put away extra goals and put the game away. But yeah, Melina, what what did you see from the last few games?
2: Yeah, I I was kind of surprised that San Luis was second in the table because they didn't play well at all against <laughs> portland all. and they were very boring to watch yeah but uh, like you said like we are we have reached a point in the season that the timbers are play uh, are playing uh, kind of okay you know the, the, i remember the first games and we're like no why again do i have to watch this but now it's like, nah, I'm okay. The guys are are fine. So, I'm I'm not like enjoying a hundred percent, but I'm i having a good time watching watching the guys. And you know, something unexpected always happens. Uh, like for example, Jimmy Chara, uh mm. coming back and scoring. Uh, that was great. And yeah. and finally getting to see what the vendor can do because mm. there was this. Uh, hype about him, and and we couldn't see that in the first part of the season. Yeah. And now that we we are finally see what he can do on the field, it's like, uh, well done, Timbers, well done, scouting team. Yeah. <laughs> team. Um. So yeah, th- that's um uh, my biggest takeaway from some, from the game uh, against San Luis.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with uh, pretty much all your points, uh, especially during the t- reading your takeaways, it made it was very clear cut that, you know, we both saw the game the same way, which is great. You know, let's head into Austin now. Um, the one issue I still have from both these games, Molina, is the late conceding uh, of goals. You know, Porton's playing. They don't know how to play with the lead. It seems like Leo, like it's always, Oh, let's concede late and let's hopefully we can get the equalizer, you know, like the, the go ahead goal. Um, and it is concerned because every time they kind of park the bus a little bit, Like they absorb a lot of pressure and they don't always deal with it really well. So we're missing Zach McGraw, Molina. And you know how I feel about Zach McGraw. I think he's been one of the best center backs in the league this season. He's honestly, if you look at the metrics, he's almost, he's in the top five of like five different metrics defensively, which is saying a lot. Mm -hmm. Like um, for a Timbers defender, that's saying a lot. Um, And then we had to see Laris Mabiala. I was hoping Clegg or Eric Miller would step in at center back and, um Geo gave Mabiala the start and it was looking good for like ninety two minutes. and then all of a sudden we got our hearts broken. you know if we don't get three points, we get a single freaking point at home and and guess who loses the, their mark Mabiala. nothing against Larice because I think Larice f- fantastic stand-up person, but just kind of seeing him play the past few games and especially down the stretch last year, I you know he's a fourth center back to me. Um, And I think Portland has to find a way to get more production uh, out of of their third center back. If it's Clegg playing on the team full time um, from T2, let's do it. If it's uh, Eric Miller being there, then let's do it. But at this point, if Mabiala or Zuparich are out, I am scared for this team, like point blank. So with the Austin game, I thought they're playing on the front foot. Evander had uh, his best game. Um, Ford just bullies uh, trying really hard. Just can't get the finish. Uh, I think he's going to have a game where he scores two or three goals uh, and breaks out. But, yeah, there's just still something missing. I feel like the finish is still missing. So Portland probably should have won this game 4-1, ended up with a a draw, um, and honestly lost points. Uh, and especially in a in a league where it's so close, every point matters. So what were your thoughts uh, in Austin, uh, at home against Austin? Well,
2: um, yeah, disappointed for the results, um, well, in my article, I was defending actually Maviola. I think he did good. Oh, in the absence of McGraw. Uh, I can see you didn't read it. <laughs> now that's fine. Um, <laughs> tough to replace McGraw. like you said. I mean, I know you are his fan, but but yeah, it's 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 true. I mean, I I think he leads the league in clearances, at least with that. But he's good in other metrics too. So yeah, it was hard to replace him, uh, but I think uh, Maviela did good. I mean, he had a good presence, not only in the defense part, but also in the offense. And and like I, after the game, Superich was defending him, and I was mm-hmm. talking with a friend because I always like to to see why and if what I think it's it's correct. And this mm-hmm. guy, um, he's a WEFA coach, and, and he told mm-hmm. me that it's actually the 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 setup of how the teamers defended. Uh, mm-hmm. Not actually what Mabiala did, because we, we could see in the play that it was very close to yeah. um, to Bruin, the one who scored. Uh, mm-hmm. So there wasn't much he could do. But when you defend so high, so high in the field, and like Super said, uh, in the last uh, fifteen to twenty minutes, they were getting crosses, crosses, crosses.
1: Yeah.
2: And so this is a statistical matter that one of those is going to be goal or at least something close to that. And well, bad luck. In the end, it was yeah. a goal for yeah, Austin. Gotta... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I I think there wasn't much he could do. But of course, um, like you said, I mean, McGraw is very strong, uh, in the defense, and and it's hard to replace him. So, well, things happen in the in a game. Yeah. <laughs> you could do.
0: The, the I think the one thing I'll bring up, Melina, um, to close this Timber segment is just that. Um, you're right, because Gio could have put it in a third center back. He said he was about to, uh, and then he just looked at the game and uh, I think he said he decided to go away from that. And that, and honestly, I think that call kind of cost them the extra two points, but, um, because you know, if Larice had a second center back there, that person probably would have helped him clear it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like you said, he did play a good game outside of like one kind of weird setup for the back line when they should have more people back uh he was asked to play w- 1v1 again especially late in the 92nd 93rd minute um which isn't really fair uh especially when the team should be defending together um but the team the team is playing better um the m- morale is really good it's been really good so we have the Orange, uh the US Open Cup today i'll be there so you all will see my takeaways and if it's Maviola starting i will have a different takeaway than Malina. <laughs> um but uh if it's um but I expect Clegg to play. I expect a lot of these younger guys to play. Pretty excited about that. And then Vancouver is at home coming to Portland this weekend, so it's exciting. Cascadia uh, match again. Uh, I will be on that coverage as well as I do home and Molina does away games. So looking forward to that. I think Portland needs needs another big win Va- against Vancouver. I think you remember that game, Molina. It was their xG was 0.03 for a very long time. Uh, I think they literally moved from zero to 0.03 at like the 50th minute. Uh, it was really bad. They had nothing coming forward. Um, they conceded in like the 75th minute. They, I guess they tried to tie it, but it did not look like they played for a tie. It looked like they played to limit the loss. Um, so hopefully uh, with the, with the extra reinforcements, the team can come, come forward uh, and keep playing good football. Um, Cause I feel like this is a playoff team now. Um, But they're going to have to – they can't keep dropping points. They already dropped so many points in the first, like, five games. So we'll see. Okay, so let's end on a fun note, y'all. So one question, like, Leo and I really love asking all the players during our interviews is what, Leo?
1: What's your favorite coffee order?
0: Yeah, so why don't we do that right now? So I'm going to start off because I'm very boring, Leo. Uh, I know everyone has all these fancy drinks, and – When we release Sam Coffee's part two of her feature, I will probably take the quote now and use it now, is I don't do all that fancy stuff with the syrups and whatever. I just do my coffee straight up. You know, like for me, I drink black coffee. Like I love black coffee. Like certain black coffee is way better than others. But for me, I like it really simple. I used to do a lot of like, you know, put creamer. I used to do sugar. I used to do all that stuff. And then nowadays I, you know, especially it saves time when you just kind of like, put it in your, you know, hydro flask or whatever, or a cup and just go on with your day. So for me, it's very straightforward. I like the drip coffee. I like, you know, the standard coffee. Um, but like, do I notice the differences? Yes, big time. If I do like instant coffee at home compared to like a cup at, you know, um, you know, um, Stumptown or whatever, I notice the difference big time. So I try to do, I try to not to go out for coffee as much, Leo, just because it's very pricey. And if you add it up per, per month, it's easily a couple hundred dollars if you go every single freaking day, you know? Um, so yeah, I'm very boring. I apologize. But uh, Leo, maybe you have something more exciting for yours. Well, my
1: most toxic trait was there was a year or two during COVID when I would drink, the only coffee that I would drink that wasn't in like latte form was the signature select like Albertson Safeway brand coffee, just like black because for like, for a while, I just, like, did not like, fancy coffee black. I would just be that specific brand. And so it was, like, bad coffee. Um, and I think my, like, go-to coffee shop order is, like, oat milk latte kind of deal,
0: Ooh, which is okay. fine.
1: Yeah. Um, and also, I get free coffee drinks at my work. So I've been really into getting, like, iced coffee with some oat milk in it at work. Um, has been my new go-to because it's free
0: free coffee at work is a win that's a dub. yes so yes but I've also Molina,
1: yes yeah. yeah also like having a little red bull moment on and off which is another Ooh. potentially toxic trait but it's okay
0: <laughs> i think i think that's why i respect you so much thank you yeah you're welcome because i can drink red bull yeah like <laughs> i i'm not gonna lie to you i used to drink red bull with like a lot of my like uh, um drinks you know that are little 21 and over drinks so uh, and it kept me up all night, mostly. Um, but we have an interesting fact, don't we, Leo, about Molina that we want to share, right? Yeah. Molina, go ahead. Well, what's your interesting fact?
2: I uh, about what exactly? Coffee. Well, the thing is, Mendoza is known for the wine, not for the coffee. But like a few years ago, it started to coffee started to be a big thing here. So every year we have more and more coffee shops where we can go. But it wasn't a thing that I was used to. So I started to try different kinds of coffee like two years ago. And I haven't found like, like uh, my favorite uh, coffee. But I like the ones that have sweet stuff in it, like cream or, or chocolate. Like uh, uh, moccachino, I think is one of those. And also... Um, Last week we have the International Coffee Day, and there, there is this square we have here, and many different brands from the province went there to mm. serve coffee, so you yeah. could taste different kinds. And there was there was this little shop that made uh, coffee with different alcoholic drinks. Yeah, and I wanted to try many of them, but they were kind of expensive. But I tried one that it was very strong. I don't know what was in it. I I forgot. Yeah, but I I enjoyed a lot because I like alcohol and I like uh, drinks and stuff like that. So coffee plus uh, drinks, uh, it's a, it's a nice a nice mix for me. Um, but it was like uh, I think uh, two in the afternoon, so it was kind of early <laughs> to start drinking, but it was it was nice. Uh, I want to try more of those kind of coffees. So later, wait.
0: So Valeria, yeah. just just a quick question. So coffee caffeine has like never worked on you, correct? Like, do does Red Bull work on you at all?
2: I haven't had Red Bull, but okay. Um, no, coffee doesn't work. I I, I no, I, I I drank a uh, Red Bull once at the park. Uh, there was this uh, car uh, uh, promoting the brand because it was new here, and they were giving uh, Red Bulls for free. And I went to the park uh, for uh, to run. And I remember drinking one, and then my my heart started to speed up very fast. And (laughs) when I was a teenager, I had a condition, a heart condition. So that wasn't smart for me, (laughs) for me to do that. And so I got scared, and I said, okay, I will never drink Red Bull again.
1: (laughs) Oh, I really respect you, like, prioritizing your health there. Also, your coffee alcohol story reminded me that a week ago... um, good friend of the website, Caitlin Best of Angel City, was in town. Um and we went out for drinks and I got an espresso martini because I've been talking about espresso martinis with my friend for like several weeks. Yeah. And we walked into a bar where they had them like Mm -hmm. on the menu. Um and Caitlin roasted me for it. So that was Was it good though? It was good. Yeah.
0: That's what matters. That's what matters. Yeah.
1: No, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I just I do need to put it on the record that Caitlin Best is an espresso martini hater. (gasps)
0: <gasps> oh caitlin come on uh, but uh if you all have a fun question you'd like us to kind of answer towards the end for our next next ending segment please let us know uh, just tag us on twitter at rose city review um and also follow us on instagram we've been posting like really great photos of chris and um matthew's work uh and honestly it's been really exciting just kind of run that a little bit. Um but yeah, so we'll have more stuff coming out. Like we have a lot of works uh coming out. We have a uh do we have a newsletter coming out too, Leo?
1: Yes, I need to actually do that because I keep being like I think I think we need to adjust the publication schedule because I keep working Friday mornings and then we can't publish a newsletter. I can't publish a newsletter when I'm physically at work. Um yeah, yeah. So that might start being like a Saturday thing. Keep an eye out for that.
0: Um yeah. Uh, and then I'll and then um If you haven't listened, if you're a uh, big time subscriber, we appreciate you. Um, And if you haven't got a chance to listen to the Michelle Baskin-Salos interview, please do that. It was a really fun one for me to re-listen to. Uh, And then I will be posting a new one uh, early next week. So look forward to that as well. Um, And then uh, we just had Reyna's part two come out, uh, which is really exciting. I think that's a new format we're gonna start doing um, as much as we can. and uh, yeah. I'm working on, yeah, I'm working on a few Timbers ones. I have uh, the Jazzy one I'm working on, and I am trying to get an interview with uh, a new Timber as well. That's a that's a, that's an exciting one as well. So, and then I know Melina has a bunch of like smart stuff that she's going to be going over, like film study eventually. So uh, for me, it's just like, ooh, there's a lot. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, if you subscribe, please, or if you haven't already, please Think about it and uh, we, you know, uh, we do it because of uh, all your support. So, thank you. Melina's um, you know,
1: anything... like, yeah. like the galaxy brain meme and we're just like two little guys right <laughs> <in> now. <laughs> um, uh, you guys
2: do a lot of amazing work. I'm, I'm very lazy with interviews, but I have to improve in that. with that.
1: You're also like not in Oregon, which makes yeah. it a little bit harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, but
2: we have the, the magic yeah. of the internet now.
1: Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, that's yeah. true.
0: I think, For those uh, of
1: you who are not subscribed to our like ten dollar tier, where yeah. I posted the Vasconcelos audio, I'm going to put something more of a like feature story together on her. Um, just waiting until she actually plays again after her injury to yeah. like um, publish it, but that will be coming out presumably in the near future if she ever plays soccer again, which she should. She's cleared to play.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, like I said, we have a bunch of stuff coming out. I'm excited. Uh, but from all of us at football or soccer, whatever you call it, thank you so much for listening and uh, check out Dot review for more. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a good weekend. Thank you.